like it, it felt just awesome i mean we had people like stephen a smith first take over here in toronto like it just that whole experience just felt uh, <laughs> let me tell you something he's not yeah, a fan of stephen a smith only... just so you know <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Friday, March 5th edition of the TV on Basketball podcast with your host, TV. And we are here with a with some other guests on the podcast. There's a lot of basketball going on right now. With ha- We're halfway through the season, NBA All-Star Weekend. You know I had to bring in some guests. We have two-thirds of the Basketball Lab podcast here today. We have Mark. We have Marco. How's it going on, guys? It's going, man. How are you? Doing good, man. Thanks for coming on the pod. No problem. Thanks for yeah, but yeah, we're excited to be here. You know, we we both of us have been talking about it all day. We know we're gonna bring. Uh, I think Mark uh, Marco said what Heat Game Seven. We're, we're gonna bring the Heat. There not you the go. Miami that's it. That's heat, it. We're gonna bring the Heat. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. Right. Jimmy Butler's not gonna show up. But we're bringing the heat. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, these guys are coming on. These guys are from Toronto. We finally have some Toronto guys on a on the podcast. So we're gonna have a good show here today. We're gonna talk some Raptors, talk some All Star Weekend, talk our mid season awards, and yeah, we're just gonna do it to have some fun conversation. We're gonna I'm gonna have all their links down below in the description of this video and in my link tree, so you could go check out their Instagram, their YouTube. And I believe you guys have a TikTok as well, right? We do, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to have all their links down in the description. So you could definitely go check them out. But yeah, and also follow TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other content. Like, share, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Show love on all the podcast networks. That would be very much appreciated. Well, let's get into this, man. Um, we have a lot to talk about in the show. But let's start with you guys here. Thanks again for coming on. But um let's start at the very beginning where did your love for basketball start take it away mark uh it's uh it's funny because i mean obviously i'm a sports guy myself like i love sports in in general but my love for basketball my dad used to play uh, obviously not professionally but and he loved and he loved sports so that's where my love for basketball came from but um i'm a huge steve nash fan i was a huge steve nash fan so like when the Suns, the the seven seconds or less Suns were going up against Kobe Bryant and those Lakers with Ron Artest and those kind of guys. So uh, I was up till uh, one o'clock at night, like watching those. And I was what in, in high school at the time watching those uh, days. So that's where my love for basketball really came from was watching those teams. And it's just grown ever since. Um, and, and I've just started to love the game in general in terms of watching all the teams and not just one team specifically or two teams specifically. Yeah. Marco, how did, where did your basketball love start? Um, well, mine started as, uh, you know, I wasn't born here. So um, um, when I migrated here, we, um, and even before that, I, I started following the Chicago Bulls, right? So I think I'm showing my age now, but um, <laughs> I, I grew up a massive, massive Michael Jordan fan. Um, and I, so I started my, my love of basketball started from there, watching the Chicago Bulls, even pre dynasty uh you know when they were struggling through you know the celtics and the pistons and 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 those teams back then and and that's how we grew um i I am a sports junkie so i I do love my basketball i I can watch this uh, you know basketball every every night of the week no doubt about it Uh, replay live whatever it is um mark will tell you the same and uh you know but i i love all sports just like he does but uh, that's how my, my love for basketball started and i've been been hooked on with the game ever since um, I sort of 
fell off the, the Bulls, uh, I don't know if we want to call it bandwagon, after the team started, you know, not appreciating what they had after Michael left. And, you know, after Jimmy Butler actually left Chicago, I actually went on strike. Um, um, true story. I, we used to go to every time the Bulls came to Toronto. Um, yeah. I used to make a point to to go to the games at at then at the Air Canada Center, and then after they dismantled that team, I said forget it. Um, but I was also yeah. in the middle of being, you know, like the Raptors were still a young franchise, even you know ninety five onward, and then so I sort of adopted them as well. So I, I had I'm not that guy that has two teams, right? Uh, so I'm a huge Raptors fan now, and I have been for a long time. Try to go to a lot of the games, uh, you know, two, three, four times a year, pre-pandemic, of course. But uh, yeah, that's where that's basically where it all started from from Chicago to the Six, and now we're here. Love to see it. Love to see it. And man, I do miss those like in-person events, man. I know, like right now in the pandemic, it's been a while since any of us could go to like any of those Raptor games. But we miss it. We definitely miss it over here. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we we appreciated it as much, right? Before we took it for granted, right? Like, uh, yeah. you know, uh, ticket prices are this, that. Let's see what we can get, and then you show up, you have a good time, right? You have yeah. your cold beverages and whatnot. You hang out, you chill. But now, like, yes, you're watching from from home. You watched the bubble last year, and now you know every team is dispersed, excluding the Raptors from Tampa. But I miss the the, the noise. I miss the action, being there as well. Not even yeah. being there as well, just watching it on TV, missing that interaction from the fans. So, yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you guys saw a game? I know you said you go watch like three or four times a year. When was the last time you saw the game like before the pandemic started? Uh, for me, and then I'll let Mark jump in here. Uh, it was literally the year before the pandemic. So yeah. actually, it would have been the year of the championship run. Okay. Um, so it was when Kawhi was here. Um, and I didn't go. I, we were actually, I was set to go to two games um after the february road trip that they took uh you know before yeah, yeah. Rudy Gobert and all that stuff i was supposed to go to two games after that um actually believe it or not i was actually supposed to go to the game for vince carter the last game that he was supposed to oh, be here yeah but pandemic hit and that was it so it's been since the since 2019 i guess yeah mark you made a little rhyme out of that one eh yeah pandemic what? hit and that was it look at that I, you know what i'm dropping bars this is what i did <laughs> we're, we're, we're guests here we're, you know i'm trying to just do something here you know yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. love it i i think the the last game that i went to was i believe it was the same thing the Kawhi leonard season it was the home opener home oh opener. that Ooh. was the i believe that was the last game i went to that was against the celtics right i think it was against the celtics uh, i can't remember 100 percent, hmm, but i think so yeah. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, it's definitely been a while, man, since we've been there. As for myself, I think the last time I went to a Raptor game was actually game five of the second round against um, Philly. So yeah, that was a crazy game. Oh, man. I see. Okay, you let us go first. <laughs> hey. Talk about a regular season visit. And then you drop in like, oh, you know, hey. game five of Philadelphia. Yeah. Hey, you know. <laughs> hey, hey. Fun, funny thing about that story, it was like, I remember like at a, at a restaurant watching game four with my family or whatever. And I told my sister, because like um, it was supposed to be her graduation gift. I was supposed to like give take her to a Raptor game. And I told him, if we win this game, because I think we were down by like five points or like two minutes left. If we somehow win this game, I'm getting you tickets to go to the to game five. And for and some reason, like and somehow Kawhi Leonard hit like a three over Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid at the top of the key and won us the game. So I was like, okay, I have to stick to my promise. I and I we ended up going to the game. And I think we actually beat the 76ers that game by 20. 
man of your words what can i say exactly. yeah it's funny though because like the, the final game i'm talking in, in the championships in the the when they won the when they won the championship i was in jamaica myself yeah like that's where that's where we were so I, I, I see what you did there no 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 oh wow like, this guy's <laughs> no hey i was that's where i was but yeah. to be honest with you i would have preferred to been here because i was away from all the you know the partying the yeah. The parades, all that stuff. You know what I mean? Because we didn't get back until the, I think it was two days after they had won already, right? So it was like yeah. I was stuck. I'm not not like we were we were going toe to toe. There was a lot of Golden State fans there and and yeah. stuff, but yeah, I would have rather been here. All frauds, by the way, all frauds. <laughs> oh Literally. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Exactly. Ask exactly. him. Ask him who uh, you know Baron Davis is. And then, yeah. <laughs> ask him about Monte Ellis, and then yeah, and then, exactly. and then we got over there. We'll get over yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. But, but yeah, we talked about that, um, and now you guys started this pod. I know um, me and Mark were talking before um, we started this recording that you guys started in June. I mean, what led you to start the pod? I know like um, everyone has been picking up different hobbies during the pandemic, but what was your story in terms of you like setting up your pod? Yeah, so so like I said prior to it, you know the the three of us were we're sports junkies in terms of it. Mark's a big Raptor fan. The other the guy that's not here right now, he's a big Raptor fan. Um, but we talk about we we all all three of us work together, right? So we talk about basketball all the time when we were working, and me and Mark had talked about it prior to to, to doing it, and then uh, we we looped in Marco onto it. And we just thought, you know what? We're three guys that really love talking about basketball in work when we're not supposed to be, but you know, so <laughs> we, we decided, you know what, let's make a podcast out of it, talk about it. And then people have to listen to it anyway. So they might as well just tune in and listen to it on YouTube and Apple and all that stuff. You know what I mean? So that's why uh, we kind of decided to, to, to jump in on it and just spit our knowledge in terms of the, the basketball world. Yeah, um, this was um, going to Marco. I mean, like, how was it in the beginning and how kind of like has a transition to like how you guys are recording now? I mean, you know, we, we the, the one thing that we said what we were going to do is we weren't going to try to be anybody else. We were just going to come on like three dudes to just talk ball. Yeah. And that's it. And just relax and just chill. Right. Let's not overproduce. Right. That's not underproduced, but definitely not overproduced. We're not trying to compete with, you know, because listen, what the world needs is more podcasts. Right. And that's the joke out there. Right. So uh, we just want to just, you know, talk about everyday things, not to get too deep into, you know, stuff that people won't understand, but try to just be uh, relevant, not relevant, but be relative and, and, and sort of relate to people and what they like. And, and that's sort of how I've evolved. And then every podcast, every episode, we felt more comfortable and comfortable. Right. And, yeah. and then it just yeah. became sort of like, okay, put the mic on, hit record, and then just let her fly Just start shooting threes like Steph Curry. Right. And that's it. And yeah. Then, yeah, yeah. So here we are. Yeah, I, I definitely understand that. Especially in the beginning, you kind of don't know kind of like how to get into a flow of things and stuff like that. But right. then once you get in, yeah, hundred percent. And then once you get into it, you start getting like you start getting that chemistry. You start bringing that, um, like that, that thing together. And then like you just start, you know, like um, just getting more comfortable at it. And I mean, you guys are doing some good work over there. And I and like I said, all their links can be found in the description of my thing to go check them out. They definitely have some awesome NBA content, just basketball content in general, just to sure. just to talk about over there. But yeah, let's move into more of the Raptors talk. Um, we talked about the championship season. We know where Mark was during the um, <laughs> during the, during um, like when we won the championship. 
Marco, where were you when the Raptors finally won their first championship? I was at home. I was at home. My wife was expecting our first child. So wow. it's not like we can go out and get wasted, right? Can I yeah. say that here? Like wasted, right? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> cuss, you can cuss, right do whatever you can, no, man. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I was at home in my living room watching. And um, it, it was, a, man, it was a lot of fun, man. I, 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 like I... I can, it's still, to me, it's fresh in my, in my head. Right. Yeah. And when, when, when Kawhi put his hands up in the air and, 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 you know, Matt Devlin announced the, the Toronto, you know, Canada, the championship is yours. The Raptors have won. I'm not going to lie. And I'm not going to front and I don't care. I cried. I cried. Oh, no, same and here, I, don't, man. I don't cry for sports. <laughs> There's only two times that I've cried. This is officially the yeah. second time. Yeah. When Jordan hit the last shot, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. In Utah. The Utah, the Utah one, yeah, Utah one, and then the championship game against the Raptors. Because if you grew up a Raptors fan, or even just adopted the Raptors as your team, wherever it was, uh, you know there was a lot of ups and downs, man. There was a lot of good times. You know, you can go from Vince Carter's dunk contest to, you know, to heartbreakers like the the Brooklyn game. You know, with the remembering, yeah. um, you know, Kyle Lowry on the floor when he missed, right? Or no, he got blocked by your boy, Paul Pierce, right? Um, so there's been a lot of ups and downs. There's been some yeah. terrible teams in between as well, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I lived through Vincenzo Esposito, like, you know, like Zon Tabak, like, come on, man. Like, you know, so, but yeah, anyway, sorry, I digress. But yeah, I was in my living room at home watching it and uh, it was great. We pretty much watched a lot of most of the, the run uh, yeah. at home. Uh, the most memorable one was the shot. I, I don't need, I don't need oh, to... Yeah explain what that was right oh, uh, yeah. I thought my, my wife was going to have the baby right there so i had to <laughs> calm myself right <laughs> so i mean she yeah. was eight eight months pregnant right so yeah uh, yeah it was it was fun uh, watching it at home i'll never forget it yeah mark how was it for you like just like like how were you feeling when the raptors finally did it oh like and that's the thing you know they've got and like marco said just to echo what he said it, it's been a long road you know uh, since 95 They've had a lot of ups and a lot of, I mean, a lot of downs, uh, a lot more downs than ups, but you know, this run with Kyle Lowry being here and DeMar DeRozan and Chris Bosch, and they weren't able to get over those hurdles because of some guy named LeBron James, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? But just seeing them reach yeah. the pinnacle and be able to like, I know uh, I was the, the buck series just prior to that, when they, when they beat the, the Milwaukee bucks to get into the Eastern conference finals myself, I was te getting teared up because, you know, being from Toronto, we don't yeah. have, you know, there's not a lot of teams that make it that far. Right. We have yeah. the soccer teams and, and, and the Jays made the playoffs a couple mm. years ago. Right. Yeah. But it, it's been a lot of stagnicity. There's been just playoff yeah. appearances and that's it. It's right. But to finally get to that pinnacle and win it, it was the it had to it was the icing on the cake in terms of just being able to to witness that in my lifetime. You know, I would have never expected to maybe not witness that in my lifetime because there's a lot of teams, a lot of sports fans that go through um, their lives without witnessing their team win a and win a championship with yeah. any sport. You know what I mean? But yeah, and then seeing all those people, like I said, I wasn't here, but seeing all those people pour into the streets of Toronto and Mississauga and, and everywhere, yeah. just pour so, into those streets so was so absolutely it was, like, it, it, it gave you beautiful. goosebumps. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was absolutely. Beautiful. It gave you goosebumps. Yeah. And think about it, right? Like think about that. That's the last parade NBA parade that we have seen since. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and I know that we'll see one 
you know, soon, eventually. Yeah. But the and but we don't know what it's going to look like, considering, you know, how the world has changed uh, in in the last you know twelve months or so. So it, it, to your point, to see those people gather, you know, uh, what's it, what's the coactus, right? The cactus. Yes. Oh, the, the coactus. Right? Yeah. Which, by the way, I ran into him in Milton. Uh, I, really? I keep not. Yeah. I was going to to I was going shopping somewhere in Milton, and and I saw him. So I honked my horn. I'm like, cactus dude. And he turned and it was him. And I'm like, what up? So it was like, apparently yeah. he lived in Milton, but he's from VC, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, I remember that. So yeah, I mean, that was definitely a crazy year, man. I mean, That's I already, yeah, that was some good times. Like I, like, like I said earlier, I was at like game five, not game seven, unfortunately. If it was game seven, I don't know what I would be doing. Like, I don't know, like that would have been like one of the craziest moments of my life, but it, just yeah, in general that, that that was when the city was its most alive that was when like it, it felt just awesome i mean we had people like stephen a smith first take over here in toronto like it just that whole experience just felt uh, <laughs> let me yeah, tell you something he's not yeah, a fan yeah. of stephen a smith only, just so you know <laughs> yeah i can tell that that's why guy, i sounded like yeah the only reason that little guy was up here in toronto is because it was a summertime because my guy <laughs> don't do cold yeah and and into this day he doesn't recognize Toronto as an NBA championship city yeah. in 2019. I remember and, that. Yeah, it's an, it's another country, and and he said this, and I'm sorry to cut you off. He said, I, I'll never forget. It. He's like, well, uh, the championship belongs in the United States of America, and and I, I to this day I'm still mad at him. Yeah, no, no, I, I remember that interview exactly. That that, that was that was yeah, uncalled for, uncalled for, to say the least. Yeah. But yeah, I was at the parade. It was honestly insane. Like, Damn. I was, I mean, I'd, waiting, like, what was it? Five, six hours in the heat for the Raptors to finally come to Nathan Phillips Square, man. It was, it was rough, but it was honestly, Great. like, worth, it was, it was, it was worth it at the end. I know there were, like, I think the number was, like, 1.8 or something like that, million people, like, downtown Toronto. It was absolutely insane, that whole thing. The, the city fought alive as ever, and like you said, it was the last one. And I think it's like a lasting image for like a lot of NBA fans, because yeah. if you like, especially that aerial view, if you've seen that aerial oh. view, it's like little ants. It's like, like literally the Toronto fans are like little ants. And it was like, it was insane. That whole thing was insane. And I, I would kill it to like relive like that moment for the first time again. It was insane. I can't believe you went to the parade. I know I, uh, Mark went to the parade. Uh, Clark who's not here. He was yeah. there. Yeah. I think he got as far as just outside of the CNE area where they started coming out, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I should have went to the CNE. I, I didn't, I was, I thought it was going to be a lot quicker, but there's just way too many people in Toronto to get through, honestly. But yeah. yeah, I completely understand that. But yeah, that, that season was definitely crazy. Moving on to this season though, obviously we are two years, um, away for like, we were two years um, past that, um, championship season now. And a lot has changed for the Raptors. We have lost Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green. And then just this past offseason, we lost players like Sergi Baca and Marcus Gasol. And, I mean, the team is still doing well right now. I know we're recording in the middle of the game, but I think we were, like, one game under 500. I mean, what do you guys think? Like, what is, like, um, like how do you feel about the Raptors right now? And, like, where do you think they should go um, forward? Yeah, I mean, I think – when the season when the season uh, started, you know they struggled to start the season, and and a lot of people, and we've talked about this on our podcast a few times, a lot of Toronto fans, you know, jumped off the bandwagon a little bit, and they were asking for Siakam's head, and Nick, even some people were calling for Nick Nurse to be fired, and and panicking, and at the end of the day, 
it's a long season. You're talking about 72 games. You're not talking about 50 games or 40 games or anything. You're talking about 72 games. And we've, we know what this Raptor team brings, whether they have Kawhi Leonard, Ibaka, Gasol, or any of those guys, it doesn't really matter. This team has heart. This team has resilience. It doesn't matter what they're put up against. They're going to, they're going to compete night in and night out. Uh, when you've got a guy like Kyle Lowry on the floor, who's probably the heart and soul of this Toronto um, team for the last five, six years or so, maybe even longer than that. And he's on the floor and he's leading your team. You're going to run through a brick wall for that guy. And that's what you've seen with the Toronto Raptors so far this season is they've, they've turned it around, you know, like they're, they're what one game above, above 500 right now. They're, they're losing to the Celtics tonight, but they're in the mix. And then they got that little, you know, they got that little week off with the all-star break where none of those players, they get some of those players back to the COVID that they, with the COVID results and all that stuff, they'll get those players back. And hopefully, you know, they turn it around, they turn it on in the second half of the season and, and, squeak into the playoffs and get or not squeak into the playoffs but maybe get home court advantage in tampa whatever it is and and you never know what happens in the playoffs anything could happen in the playoffs yeah 100 even and especially like in this type of scenario that we're in right now I, I definitely know what you mean i mean you we like who knows i mean the celtics we don't know like why they're doing so bad this year i mean it's just affecting a lot of people and i definitely understand i mean who knows we maybe we might make another long run but going to Mar- um, going to Marco here, um, looking past the season, obviously Kyle Lowry's on an expiring deal. Um, Norman Powell is also on an expiring deal. What do you think the Raptors should do moving forward? We have a few guys under contract, Van Vliet, OG, and Siakam. What's next for the Raptors? You know, going into the season, I said, and I used this word, and I forgot what it was, so I had to look it up for a second because I just wanted to make sure I wasn't talking out of my ass. But uh, I described it, uh, I particularly described it as a gap year. Um, And if anybody knows what a gap year is, it's basically a year that when you're going from, you know, certain education, it's an educational gap in university, and you take a year off to sort of find yourself before you get back in it. And I think that's what this is. Uh, it's not a tank year, and I know a lot of Raptor fans and, and experts wish that it was, and it shouldn't be because this organization prides themselves into being consistent. Um, but I think this is a gap year, and you can see what it, that is based on the signings that they tried to do or, or accomplish this year. You know, Aaron Baines and, and Len, and which didn't work out. Obviously, he's in, yeah. with the Wizards now. But um, what do I think? The, next year is going to be interesting because – they had hinged their bet on obviously Adetokounmpo and I think that's no secret, but it was, so it was the worst kept secret in the NBA and it didn't work out in the sense of Adetokounmpo chose Milwaukee for now. Um, and, you know, you have Lowry expiring, Norm Powell, who my guy is going to get paid now. Right. And that's an interesting narrative because I think that if we, if we have this conversation two months ago, maybe it's a little bit different. Right. Uh, but now it's almost the Raptors are have to make a decision whether they're going to go into the bank and pay this guy or do they let him walk or do they, you know, uh, trade him. Right. Larry, I truly do believe that he stays here the entire year, no matter what. I think that the Raptors are in a point right now, 17 and 18 or 18 and 17, whatever the case is, that I think that the Raptors let Larry decide his fate. Yeah. Um, and if Lowry wants to stay, he stays. And if Lowry wants to be traded somewhere, whether it's, you know, rumored to Philadelphia and or otherwise, then they make a move. I honestly do think that the Raptors are in a good position to make some 
under the radar key, uh, moves on the offseason. They're going to have some, you know, some room to play with. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that they have under contract, not named Van Vliet and uh, Pascal Siakam, uh, are one-year flyers. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And, and that's, that's why I said it's a gap year because you sort of just figure out what you have and what you don't have. You sign Boucher to, I think it was a two year contract, I believe. So with a yeah. player option. Yeah. So they're going to have some money to play with and there's going to be some free agents, Kawhi, um, available. Um, <laughs> there's something wrong with your audio. Some, somebody said Kawhi. Um, so <laughs> but we'll see what happens. I, I think there's, there's, it's going to be an interesting off season. You know, some other plan B's probably are off the table. I, I, you know, I heard that Gobert was somebody that they would have targeted as well. He ended up, yeah. you know, opting in and, and getting his extension with the, uh, with yeah. the red hot Utah jazz. So um, listen, Masai and Bobby have their work cut out for them, but it's in, in a good way. I don't think they're working from a position of weakness. Yeah, for sure. And they, if they've, and they've proved it too. they proved to Raptor fans that they will make the right decisions necessary. Even though, even though it may include heartbreak, obviously the DeMar DeRozan trade at the time was heartbreaking to a lot of Raptor fans, but it led to something a lot more promising down the line. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. And, I think at this point the Raptors at least they have defense trust, and then going forward that they that um, that we believe that they can make the right move going forward. Right. But um, obviously Norman Powell is one of the most interesting people on this list because now he's out. He's obviously outperforming his like what he is expected of this year, well and he yeah, and he honestly is in line for like a near twenty million dollar deal. I don't know about you guys, which sounds insane, but with the way he's playing, it definitely is a possibility. But we'll get to that in the offseason. This goes for both of you. If you had a gun to your head, what do you think is going to happen this offseason? Kyle Lowry, staying or leaving? Parker, you go first. Um, wow. Um, so after this season. So during after this the season. Offseason. Offseason, yeah. Wow. Th- that's tough. I, um, I think he goes. I think he plays out the year, and I think that that's why I don't think he gets traded this offseason. Oh, sorry, this season right now. I think the Raptors go as far as they can with the team that they have. Maybe an addition here or there. But uh, boy, oh boy, I, I tell you, um, they have some decisions to make. I, I think he I think he goes. But Mark. I could be wrong. I hope I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you got one bullet in the chamber left and it's at your head, I'm going to hedge a bet that it's going to be that he would leave. I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, he has nothing left to prove for Toronto. And in the, in, at the end right. of the day, he's won a championship. He's uh, he, he's been, been like I said, the, the rock for this team for, for a long time. Um, so I, I, like I said, I don't think he has anything to prove to, to, to Toronto fans or Raptor fans. And if he does decide to leave uh, all the best to him. And, and I think he, he deserves another chance at a, at a title, whether it's with the Raptors, if they end up getting it back or not, but he deserves a shot at a title. And I think that's what he'll do. I think he may end up leaving in the off season. Um, and I think Philly is an attractive destination to Kyle Lowry. Yeah. I have to agree with you guys there. I mean, it's already like, I mean, obviously all this MTV stuff that's going on saying that, Oh, Kyle Lowry selling his house, obviously worried um, a lot of Raptor fans as well, but at the end of the day, I like the way that Mark put it. He has nothing left to prove here. He has absolutely nothing left to prove here. I think he's cemented his legacy. Um, whether people want to agree or not, I believe he's the growth, the greatest Raptor of all time. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I think he still has a lot left in the tank, and I think he could provide a lot of that to a championship contender. Yeah. 
But let's move on to this. We talked a lot of Raptors. I never got to take this, talk this much Raptors, so it's glad to have some some um, some Raptor fans <laughs> over here. All day, baby. Yeah, I could definitely <laughs> do it all day. So, but yeah, um, moving on from that, All Star Weekend is happening this weekend, and everything is happening in one night, which is very very odd because there's usually a whole weekend of events. But obviously, with COVID going on, they tried to make it a whole day type of thing. But they're still having you know the same old competition, skills challenge, three point contest. Even the dunk contest is happening at halftime of the um, of the All-Star game. but And we're going to go through each of them, and we're going to kind of see, like, who we think is going to kind of win each event, including the All-Star um, game. Because um, as of right now, I think Kevin Durant and LeBron James have both drafted their teams. So we should, we're definitely going to look at t- into that as well. But let's start with these competitions. Um, we're going to start the skills challenge. The skills challenge. Um, we're still doing the bigs versus smalls. Um, we have Vucevic, Sabonis, Julius Randle, Robert Covington, Luka Doncic, and CP3. How are you guys feeling this, about this event and like who do you think is going to win? Man, I don't even know if I should start this. Mark, please take it away. <laughs> okay, go. I, I'm, I'm going to take a five. I'm, I'm going to take a timeout. It's funny because we talked about this last night on our podcast. Um, it's, it's very weird at how you've got all those all-stars and then the one non-lone all-star is Robert Covington. I mean, at the end of the day, like Robert Covington hasn't been that good this season, but yet he's at the all-star weekend in the skills competition. Yeah. Oh, before you go any further, um, I I was very confused about that selection as well, but apparently they are working with this organization to help um, improve like black education in America and I think one of their main partners is Robert Covington. So I think there's like, okay, hey, wow. like, like, like a connection That makes there. sense. See, that's yeah. what makes sense. We just thought it Where was- Where were a, you yesterday? Right? Now we we just thought it was- I can edit this. No, not at all. We just thought it was an email blast that they sent out to the NBA <laughs> and everybody declined. And he just said, yeah, he was the first one to respond back, you know? So that's what we thought. Or as Marco said, he drove the the, the bus there and that's why he was uh, he was selected. But if we're talking bad, about- Covington, our bad. <laughs> if we're talking about who's- going to win um i'm gonna have to go with my guy in phoenix chris paul i mean the guy's one of the best ball handlers in the nba he's one of the best passers in the nba um so i i, I think he's won this competition before if i'm not mistaken i can't remember 100 this is the skills actually, talking, actually, yeah. Right? yeah actually yeah, yeah. actually he has it he's entered he the competition he, he's entered the competition f- four times in the past it's been a decade since he's been in it but he's never won well you yeah. know what? This year is his year. You know what? Yeah. You, you said how many times? You said okay. four times. Four times. So hey, fifth times a charm, right? So fifth times a charm. Okay, Chris <laughs> Paul, Marco, who do you think? Um, for the skills competition. Yeah. Honestly, I'm gonna go with my guy Luca. Luca. Yeah, nice. I'm going Euro style. I'm going Euro beats. I, I think <laughs> my guy Luca. Listen, I think I think this is his weekend. I think this is a week. I think yeah. this is his weekend, and we'll get into all the other stuff in a bit. I'm sure, but yeah. I think, uh, you know, last year in the bubble, he, you know, we all remember the shots, you know, bang, yeah. bang. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think Luca shows up. I hope his back is okay. I think he, it was his back or his hip, whatever it was that he yeah. had this past week. He'll be fine. And I'm taking my guy, Luca here. Yeah. Yeah. Those are two very good choices. I always going to stick with the big men here. I always like vouch for the big men to win here. <laughs> of course. And, yeah. And I'm going to go with Vucevic. I think it's going to be someone completely from left park. I mean, the last two years we've had Carl Anthony Towns win in the past. True. We've had um, and stuff like that. So, 
I'm going to try to go Vucevic. I, I, I always want the big men to win to show up to guards and just continue to show that the NBA is becoming more positionless basketball and you have these freaking 6'10", 6'11", guys who are just going to continue to handle the ball and just continue to do their thing. So let me take Vucevic. All right, so we talked about the skills challenge. Let's get right into the three-point contest. And, man, this field is pretty, is, is pretty, is pretty legit, man. Steph Curry, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, and Jalen Brown. Um, let's start with Mark here. Who do you think he's got? Who, um, how excited are you for this three-point contest, and who do you think is going to win it? I mean, this the field's stacked. It's absolutely stacked. And we had this conversation. I think the, the three-point competition is has become the bread and butter of the All-Star weekend, in my opinion. But yeah. if I'm going, i got to go with my Phoenix Suns again. i got to go with Devin Booker. I mean, the guy is lights out. He's a lights out shooter. I love Steph Curry. I, I want to go with him, but I think it'll be Curry versus Devin Booker in the final uh, final round. But I love Devin Booker. I just think he, his his stroke is smooth from the three-point line. Um, so I, I got to go with Booker as the winner of the three-point competition for sure. Nice, nice. Marco, who do you have in this one? I guess it's me versus you, buddy, because I'm going Steph Curry. Uh, listen, <laughs> until proven otherwise, he is the best three-point shooter in this league, period. End of story. Um, so this should be fun. I, I don't think you can lose. Like, as a fan, you're losing one way or another, right? Because I think if, if it is uh, Book versus Steph, you know, buckle up, you know, get your popcorn and all that good stuff. Right? It's going to be yeah, – It's going to be so it, good. It, 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 it could go into overtime. I don't, is that possible? I, I guess it can go to overtime yeah. or extra, yeah. extra shooting. Yeah. I, I can totally see that happening for whatever reason. And for the NBA, for the All-Star Weekend period, I think that would be the best case scenario. Scenario, yeah. You have Steph Curry versus Devin Booker. You have one of the best of all time versus the kid who is the up-and-comer and should be featured in a lot of primetime games to come in the next four, five, six years. Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to come down for me for these two. I was debating um, when I was making my prediction here, but I got to go with Mark here. I think Devin Booker is going to I'm going to take this one. I think for me, like his shot... You guys clearly discuss this without me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. think with Devin Booker, his type of shot form is, I think is perfect for the, for the three-point contest like he yeah, like sure. he, he he gets in so much of a rhythm steph curry is kind of is so used to like coming off screen and stuff like that that's when he's kind of like in his like in his element but devin booker man just like get him into a rhythm like that i mean i'm not saying that steph can't but i just i just i just love his shot when it comes to the three-point contest here and who knows curry might win it because he hasn't had the best time in the three-point contest i think he's entered like three times already and he's only won one of them yeah. i know clay beat him one time and i think um, the other, I think he lost like another year. I forgot who won that one, but yeah, I mean, he's he's probably out to try and take that crown. But for Devin sure. Booker, another former winner of this contest, I think I'll definitely go for him. But I like the way Marco said, you, you can't lose here. This is a stacked field, like, it's going to be just a fun competition. And in, in my opinion, over the last few years, this has been the best co- the contest, yeah, like, consistently. I, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been the best contest for sure. Now let's go into the dunk contest because I there's been mixed reactions on on social media about the the field, um, whether you don't like the, the the quality of names in this or not, um, um, it's going to be really interesting. But the three guys in this competition, it's three guys this year, not four: Cassius Stanley of the Indiana Pacers, Obi Toppin of the New York Knicks, and Anthony Simons of the Portland Trailblazers. We started with Mark last time. Let's go to Marco here. Who do you like in this competition? I'm going with Toppin. 
Topping. I'm going with Topin. I'm going with, I cannot believe, first of all, I'm going with the New York Nick, number one, right? <laughs> um, but I, I think that this is, uh, you know, honestly, I think this is a coin toss. Like if you can have three coins, right? Yeah. A three-headed coin, if, if, if there was such thing, I think it's honestly a coin toss, but I'm going with Topin on this one. Um, I, I can see him pulling something out and I, I think it's going to be his come out party. Listen, anybody who's watched college basketball knows that this guy can go, can go get it. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, but I, I think the national uh, audience is going to find out that he can go get it now. So I think it's his time. I think it's a good showcase for him. And, um, you know, if, if, again, I always say this, like, if you're the league, who do you want to win? Right. Like there's always that con- backdoor conspiracy, which is not because it's a dunk contest. So you can't conspire in a dunk contest. <laughs> like I, I would want a New York Knicks to win it. Just, yeah. just think about it. The New York Knicks are having yeah. the best season they've had in, Frig, wow. I need a Wild. calculator for that, right? Yeah. So what's the best way to do it as well, to put a sort of cap in the first half? Have your guy win the dunk contest, right? Put the Knicks, not that they're off the map, but they sort of are, back on yeah. the map. And this is something that they can do. Again, it lacks the star power, and we talked about this on our podcast yesterday as well. Um, you know, there's no brand names per se. These are sort of, you know, what I like to call it, mid-card guys, if you want to use sort of a boxing or wrestling uh, analogy. But, yeah, give me to my guy, O. OB. All right, Mark, who do you got? Yeah, I agree with Marco in terms of, I mean, I don't agree with who he picked, but uh, I, I like OB Toppin. He's a rim rocker. He definitely can get up there. Uh, but I'm going to go with Cassius Stanley on this one. I think Cassius Stanley has a lot of, uh, a lot of talent, uh, especially when it comes to the dunking. So I'm definitely going to go with uh, Cassius Stanley on this. And it's, uh, I think, like we've, like we said, it, the three-point contest has overlapped the, the dunk contest in terms of notoriety. Gone are the days of Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Jason Richardson, the, the, the high-level dunkers that, that out there. Um, so, uh, but I'm going to go with Cassius Stanley on this one. Yeah. Um, I had to actually look at some of these like dunk highlights of some of these guys because I knew that Obi Toppin was kind of a high flyer from his days, um, like in college. We've seen Anthony Simons, you know, get up in like some social media. So I had to do kind of my ha- my homework on Cassius Stanley. And man, this guy has bunnies from his days at Duke as well. Like this guy could definitely get up there, man. And it, it and the thing is, like in the like, dunk contest, man, like it, it it looks better like when you see like these shorter guys like like going to dunk. It just looks nicer. Obi Toppin's kind of a bigger dude. It's kind of like it doesn't look kind of as impressive for some reason with these with these yeah. Um, yeah. with these taller guys. Um, I have to go with Cassius Stanley just because I think he's the guy who's like brought in there just because of like dunking and stuff. He's been kind of in and out of the Pacers G League system at the moment, but he's coming in for the contest. I like his highlights. I've seen his high school dunk contest. I I'll definitely go with Cassius Stanley here. One wild card in this contest, by the way, and, and I don't know what the attendance is going to be, what there's going to be allowed, and I'm sure there's going to be some fans, correct me if I'm wrong, boys, but yeah, there is also that lack of pressure of performing in front of a big crowd. Agreed. And with these three kids, and again, they're not house, they're not brand names. And listen, it, there's a difference between performing in front of, you know, 5,000, you know, 6,000 people versus a sold out arena of 25,000 at MSG or at the Scotiabank arena or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. at Oracle back then or whatever the case is. So let's see if this actually plays a little bit more in, in the sense of, cause you've seen a lot of guys sort of, you know, get up there and miss and sort of, you know, yeah. 
lay an egg, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. whether it's a three-point contest or otherwise. But so let's see if that's actually plays any relevant points in, in this particular case scenario. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I mean, like, it's better. I mean, and this is like the type of thing which is great for these guys. I mean, like you said, not household names. They could get their name known out there if they just do yeah. something absolutely crazy. And I think this is a great opportunity for these young guys. For sure. I would. And I've seen a lot of people on Twitter, you know, saying that, you know, they're already dismissing it and stuff like that. But just give them a chance. Just give them a chance. And hopefully they put on a show. Yeah. I still would bet that the three point contest would be better, though. I agree. Yeah. That's a safe bet for sure. Yeah. Let's go into this all star game because. We finally get to know the rosters. This is um, this may take me a while to get here, but Team LeBron, he has Giannis Antetokounmpo, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Chris Paul, Jalen Brown, Paul George, DeMontis Sabonis, and Rudy Gobert. And on Team KD, obviously he's not going to be playing because of injury, but he has Kyrie Irving, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, James Harden, Devin Booker, Zion Williamson, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Vucevic, and Donovan Mitchell. Boys, we, we just saw this draft just go down. We have the rosters here. Who do you think has a better roster? Who do you think is coming out on top here? First of all, I have my roster from last night. So I, I just wanted to just make sure that I made that clear here that I picked LeBron James to take. So did he take Steph Curry, Luka, and Jokic? Yeah. Correct. Okay, it's over. That's it. That's it. It's done. What do I need to even rhyme in? Like, and he has CP4 as well on his team. CP4. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's yeah. a union thing, right? That yeah. has to be, that's why he picked them. Yeah. Right. And who, where's Simmons at? Um, team LeBron. LeBron. Team LeBron. I have him on my team LeBron too. So listen, one way or another, whichever way you want to look at it, uh, this team LeBron is pretty stacked. So I assume that Harden is with Katie. Yeah. Okay, so he's got the Brooklyn connection there, right? Yeah, he wasn't yeah. gonna let his Brooklyn guys go to LeBron. He definitely wasn't. Right. I know KD's not playing, but I, you know, I understand that. But yeah. um, you have there's Le- LeBron is a good GM. He's got a good balance. He's got a good nice mix, uh, in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think, Mark? Uh, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I think his team is stacked in terms of especially all-star experience star power right star yeah. power all-star yeah. experience yeah, yeah and i mean a lot of it has to do with the way kevin durant picked his team i mean he picked kyrie irving first which left open uh steph curry to be picked second by lebron james Home right? Pick. right so and then and then he, he went with joel Embiid, and then lebron went with luka Doncic. which at the end of the day you're talking about that but you look at kd's team and he's got what um, we're looking at Jason Tatum making his first All Star appearance. Devin mm, Booker, second, Dev- second All Star. I think a second, yes, second All Star. Sorry, appearance. second All Star appearance. Yeah. Devin Booker, right? He's in yeah. his second All Star appearance after being yeah. a replacement. Zion Williamson, first Zach time. Levine's making his first time. Julius Randle making his yeah. first time, right? Uh, Vucevic, I don't even second, I don't, second, second time, time yes. right? So it, it, his team isn't in terms of All Star uh, experience. Yeah, he's got the 2020 MVP Kawhi Leonard on his team, but uh, LeBron's team is just stacked. Like that three-point contest, it's just stacked. You got yeah. a lot of a lot of really good players on that team: Damian Lillard, uh, Chris Paul, right? Mm-hmm. Paul George, right? It's just stacked. So, I mean, I'm gonna go with Team LeBron on this one. Wouldn't you have liked to see LeBron pick Zion? Or do you want to. Zion to face LeBron? I, I want him to dunk on LeBron if anything. That would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be absolutely fantastic. I think a theme with KD's team was like he went for a lot of like highlight like type players. Yeah. Like 
like Zion, Zach Levine as well. Um, a lot of dunkers, a lot of like shooters. I think it's going to be a very, I mean, at the end of the day, these are all all-stars. It's going to be a good game nonetheless, but I have to agree with Mark over here. Um, Team LeBron, I think has a bit of everything. They can hit you on like on all fronts. LeBron is just, I mean, Lud GM, he's living up to his nickname, Lud GM at this point. So yeah, I got to go to LeBron. Marco, I'm assuming you're going Team LeBron as well? Yeah, I got Team LeBron on this one. And why didn't, why didn't KD pick Steph Curry? I'm just, I'm just curious about that. Because he, mm. he picked, like I said, he picked Kyrie first. No, no, no. I know that. I know. But, I mean, he, he could have picked Steph Curry. Yeah, but he picked Kyrie I, because actually, Kyrie's let's, let's, let's see. Let's see. Um, I think, you know, so LeBron's first pick was Giannis, which is very yeah. interesting. And then it was Kyrie for T, for KD. Then it went, um, obviously, see, Steph. KD's being an ass. He didn't want to pick Steph Curry. <laughs> Come on. Stop. My question is, how are, how are uh, Joel Embiid and Donovan Mitchell going to get along? They're on the same team, Aww. and Joel and B just got him teed up yesterday. Joel and B's a bitch. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, you might want to censor that. Like, oh my god! Like, yeah. Hey, they were joking about it on Twitter, like after the game. It was like, ah, ha, ha, I, I got you the second tack, and then like obviously Donovan Mitchell. I didn't like was, that. Yeah. Like that. Listen, oh, yeah. you can say whatever you want because there was a play Donovan Mitchell sort of flailed, and that's that's a you know bad portrait, bad uh, choice of words I'm gonna use here, but that's a pandemic in the nba right where guys are flopping and yeah. and you know they're, yeah. they're in the marcus smart university of flopping um but that whole tactic that joel and did and i know it's gamesmanship and all that that good yeah. stuff uh that's sort of bush league like let yeah. the guy get his own tech let him let the guy earn his tech right <laughs> so that's two bush league plays in the last 24 hours uh, okay. one by the ref on devin booker and the other one by uh you know Joel Embiid on on our guy there Spider Mitchell. Anyway, sorry, I had to get that in there. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, and surprisingly LeBron didn't take Devin Booker who he who he claimed to be the NBA's most disrespected player. So LeBron's a liar. He's LeBron, a liar. LeBron, LeBron, you got to stick to your word, man. You got to stick to your word. You should have got Devin Booker on your team. But yeah, yeah. that is All-Star weekend. Let us know down below who you guys winning these competitions especially with the NBA All-Star game. This is going to be – they're still doing the same format as last year, so it should be enter- entertaining late in that game. Now let's go to the midseason awards because we are now halfway through the NBA season, 36 games played for at least, I think, 10 of – or 12, like at least 12, 10 of these teams. And we're going to go through each of the awards um, like they do at the end of the year, and we're going to pick our winners for each award. It's going to be really fun. Um, we're going to start it off with this one. We're gonna start off. We're gonna start. We're gonna start off small, and we're gonna um, build up pretty big here. So, first award we're gonna I'm gonna um, put on to you guys the Six Man of the Year award. Um, I don't know about you guys. I think this is a one of the easiest awards to um, distinguish here. But who do you guys have winning Six Man of the Year? This one's easy for me. It's Clarkson. I think it's over unless he gets hurt and and hopeless. Hopefully he doesn't. You never wish uh, injury upon anybody. I think it's Clarkson. It's a wrap. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, earlier on, it might have been a little bit different in terms of, you know, there was a couple names in there, but they've kind of tailed off like Chris Boucher and stuff yeah. like that. But um, Jordan Clarkson's just been consistent all season so far, yeah. you know, averaging 18 points per game, 45 Solid. from the field, 96% from the free throw line. Like, Ooh, I mean, he's yeah. he's just, he's... That's dirty. Those right. are starter yeah. numbers. Yeah, he's basically automatic from the three, from there. And, and he's, uh, his win, win share is the best of his career. For 48, yeah. right? So I got to yeah. go with Jordan Clarkson there too. 
Yeah, easiest award out of all of these for me. Got to go Jordan Clarkson, 18 points a game, four rebounds. And again, I mean, 37% from three, he's 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 hitting threes, going to free throw line. This is a very easy award. Um, shout out to Chris Boucher, though, still doing his thing. I mean, obviously not as like hot as he was at the beginning of the season. And also Eric Gordon, but the thing is he's not really helping out his team. They're on a 13-game losing streak as we speak, which is pretty insane. But yeah, those two guys are still far away from the winner, who is probably going to be Jordan Clarkson. Most improved player. Now, this one's going to be very interesting. Um, you could definitely go different um, different um, ways with this. But um, let's start with here with Mark. Who do you have winning most improved? So early on in the season, I definitely would have had it. Mark would, would attest to this. I definitely would have had Christian Wood, hands down. There would be no questioning that. But right now, Christian Wood's hurt. It's not, you know, so um, I'm going to go with uh, Jeremy Grant right now. Uh, he's, he's only had nine games of his 33 games that he's played where he's put under 20 points um, in a game. So it's not like he's not, he's not being consistent. He's doubled his point totals. He's getting, uh, he's got what? 5.3 is three rebounds per game. If I think, and he's yeah. also averaging uh, one block per game as well. So, and the Pistons, yeah, they're horrible. They're not a good basketball team, but he's been the lone bright spot in Detroit this season. So I definitely got to go with Jeremy Grant right now. I'm, I'm going to go a little bit, uh, Maybe obvious, but for the opposite reason that you said, Jeremy Grant uh, on a losing team, that's going to be the sixth man of the year. I'm going to go with, uh, and we're talking about most improved here, right? Uh, yeah. Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Interesting. In the beginning of the year, I honestly thought that it was going to be Christopher Boucher. I'm calling him by his government name, Christopher Monami Boucher. Bonjour. Right. But I think Julius Randle has done everything that he's that you can ask for. Um, that he might get an MVP vote, to be honest with you, the way the Knicks are going. Yeah. But that's a whole other conversation. But I'm going with Julius Randle. The Knicks are decent. I mean, the Knicks are good, actually, yeah. um, for Knicks standards, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. for Eastern Conference, actually, they're really good. And he's been a big part of that. And and yes, he's had good years, and but this is the most consistent he has been. And, and to me, that's what this award is about. And again, I'm not taking anything away from Jeremy Grant, but... I personally put some weight in how your team also performs, right? Yeah. And the, the Knicks have outperformed what anybody could have yeah. predicted, in my opinion. So agreed. Contributing has been a big part. So yeah. I'm gonna go with a good old Jr. Julius Randle. Yeah, very two very good selections here. Um, I was actually like thinking of that as well. I mean, Julius Randle was definitely up there for me in my choices. You have to also throw in Jalen Brown, who's having, who has even taken his step like to the next level, even for him. He's yeah. been playing absolutely fantastic this year. But again, I'm going to be agreeing with Mark here. I'm going to go with Jeremy Grant. Um, he bet on himself trying to get a bigger role in Detroit. And yes, they have been trash. Yes, they are one of the worst teams in the league, even though they, even though they beat the Raptors yesterday, which was, which was a rough one. But um I still think Jeremy Grant has been the lone bright spot. 23 points per game, five rebounds, four assists, 35% from three, which has been also pretty good for him. And I think that he could definitely be, you know, a number three guy, maybe on a really good team at some point down the line. And he's starting to prove that this year. Also shout out to Christian Wood. I, I would have, I would really have wanted him to win this award, but he's just missed too many games. And like I said, Jalen Brown, man, he's taking that next step. Marco, you mentioned uh, Chris Boucher there earlier there. Tonight, he's got 30 points tonight, eh? 30 points. 11. Like I said, Chris Boucher is winning this award. <laughs> that's the end of that. 
<laughs> yes, yes. I know, like, sadly, the Raptors are going to lose another one here tonight, but <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, um, but still, yeah, Jeremy Grant, Julius Randle, those are two very good um, choices here. Coach of the year. Coach of the year. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I think it's time to name this award to basically best coach with the best record at this point. Ooh. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I think we might disagree on that one. Uh, this, I, okay. I understand why you're saying that. And, and in fairness, if you really look at the history of, of this award, it has usually gone to the team with the best record or the team that's improved the most from the previous okay. year. Yeah, fair enough. Right. And we've seen it here in Toronto. We've seen uh, Dwayne Casey. We've seen Sam Mitchell win it, right? Where the team was trash and then really good the following year. So it's almost like the most improved award for coaches. But they win the coach of the year. And then also this has been obvious ones like uh, Budenholzer, et cetera, et cetera, for the teams that have excelled and just basically been the best from start to finish. Finish, yeah. Yeah. In saying that, Again, I cannot believe I'm about to say this, but this is the halfway point. So I'm, this is what I'm about to say. Tom Thibodeau, as it stands, yeah. should be the coach of the year based on what I just said about Julius Randle and the New York Knicks that they have outperformed our expectations. Tom Thibodeau, by the way, is a really good coach. He's been a yeah. really good coach for a long time. He has a, a shelf life, usually three, four years, right? Like his act yeah. usually wears out and he, this guy plays these guys hard. Right. He is the opposite of Mike Boldenhoser. Like Mike Boldenhoser holds guys back. This guy just gives them. Right. And that's a little bias. It's a little bias, no? Yeah, Chicago. 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 You know, maybe. Well, why is it biased? I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. saying the facts. <laughs> like he's joking. No, but, but, but what I'm actually saying is it's actually yeah. detriment to him because he runs his guys to yeah. the ground. Sometimes he overplays them, where Boldenhoser oh. underplays them. Yeah. yeah. And saying that, and yeah, a little bias. Um, <laughs> Tom Thibodeau should be the coach of the year. The Knicks have been, yeah, great. They're, they've been decent and defensively, guys. The Knicks have they've been really good. They're number two in the league. league. They're number two in the league. That is messed up. That's crazy. Messed up. Just yeah. on that, he should just win the coach of the year right now. Mark, who do you have winning coach of the year? Uh, don't get me wrong. Yeah, the Knicks are doing well. Uh, definitely got a. They they're definitely in consideration for me, and they're performing above average for sure above the what they were their expectations but i have to go with monty williams i mean the, yeah. the phoenix Suns have yeah. they're the second team in the second place team in, in the western conference you know they've already got 23 wins on the season um picking up chris paul obviously and jay crowder and, and filling out those rosters um they've uh expanded Everybody, their expectations, sorry, expanded. And a lot of people expected them to be a, a playoff team. Right? And I think they're still performing above those expectations, unless you're Kendrick Perkins, who, you know, carry on. He said they'd be a top five team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, I got to go with Monty Williams. He was the coach of the year in the bubble or the coach of the, the bubble, I should say. Yeah. Um, right. But uh, right now the Suns are one of the hottest teams in the NBA. They finished what 13 and two in, uh, in, in February or 12 and two in February, whatever it was. So I got to go with Monty Williams right now. Yeah. Just for the record, by the way. And I just want to, again, yeah. because we're talking about the now versus the then. And I don't know if you remember this, Mark, I actually had uh, Monty Williams winning coach of the year yeah. in our preseason 
of um, predictions. Yeah. I actually had, um, I believe I had Norm Powell as a six man, but that changed because Norm Powell started a lot of games. So it sort of throws him off. Yeah. Right. So yeah. just, I just wanted to throw that out there that I agree with your pick. Um, Monty Williams is probably yeah. going to correct my pick. Yeah. Both of your guys were honestly in my consideration. But if we look at the first half of the season, I might go with to say like I'm like I said earlier, best team, best coach. I gotta go with Quinn Schneider here with the Utah Jazz. Even mm. though they've they've been a like they were projected to make the playoffs and stuff, no one thought they were gonna be this good. People mm. thought they were gonna be like what sixth, seventh, maybe sixth, um, fifth seed in the West. Yeah. They've outperformed all expect um, expectations. Probably the best three point shooting team in the league. Um, playing great on both ends of the floor. Quinn Snyder is one of the most underrated coaches in the league as well. I don't think he gets enough respect for what he has done with this team over the last like four or five years. And I think like, as of right now, um, he is the front runner for me. I, I like the pick of Monty Williams and Tom Thibodeau. Those are honestly my only other two guys I had into consideration as well as Quinn Snyder. But the way that he's like, has the, this team playing, I know it's kind of like he, they've lost the last two games, but at the same time, the best team in the league, I think, um, Quinn Snyder is my coach of the year. Good pick. Yeah, th- th- there's a lot of people that could be chosen here. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Doc Rivers, who has taken the 76ers to, like, some some people didn't even have them in the championship conversation to now they might even be, like, somewhere in that finals conversation. I still don't, by the way. I still don't, <laughs> I still don't either. Fair enough, fair enough. Rookie of the year. Again, um, I think kind of like um, the six men of the year, um, it's be, it's becoming a lot more obvious who is going to be. But um, let's go with Marco here. Who do you think is winning Rookie of the Year? Well, this one actually hasn't changed from the beginning. This is who yeah. the guy who I picked in the beginning is Lamelo Ball. Yeah, like he has been the most consistent rookie, um, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And the Charlotte Hornets are a playoff contention, um, and and he's delivered. Right? I mean, Edwards has been good. Uh, you know, Wiseman has been good, but I, I think on a night in and night out basis, especially now that he's become a starter, you know, before he started off the bench yeah. and now he's a starter, he's, I think he's over 20 points a game, 20, 21, whatever it is. As a starter. Yeah. As a starter. Right. You got to give the kid his credit, you know, his, his kudos, man. He's, he's been good. He's, he's been that consistent kid, uh, you know, that, that has sort of uh, pushed those Charlotte Hornets. I mean, they're still an average team at best. Uh, they're still missing a couple of pieces, but these are not your old, uh, we're going to step over the Charlotte Hornets, right? You know, this is a yeah. sort of get me over kind of win so we can get to the next city. No, this is a team that plays hard, man. Coach well plays hard. Yeah. Ball is my rookie. Yeah. Mark, who do you have winning rookie of the year? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I got to go with LaMelo Ball winning it. I mean, what he's done since starting and, and getting into more games, he's been consistent all season long. That's not a knock to Tyrese Halliburton, who's having another good season as well. Anthony Edwards is having a good season. But there's another guy that I think is is, is making a consideration and making a run at it. Um, It's another New York Knicks guy, uh, Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly. Quickly. Uh, I think fantasy, by the way, just saying. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, no, I think he's making a run at it too. But it's definitely LaMelo Ball. I think he's running away with it right now. He's, He's... uh, he, he could do it all uh, offensively, uh, passing, getting rebounds, scoring the basket. He's quick. And coming into coming into the season, I wasn't high on him because we, we, we as Stephen A. Smith basically said the other day, uh, LaMelo Ball is what we thought we were getting with Lonzo Ball. 
That's what he basically said. Ooh. And and I agree with him 100%. Everybody said that Lonzo that's, Ball that's, was going to be yeah. this yeah. great wow. basketball player. I hadn't player, heard that quote. But LaMelo Ball <laughs> is the best player that's come out of that family, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. Hands down, there's no questioning that. Yeah. I guess he's the best of the balls. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. You best of the balls. You want with that joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to agree with you guys here. LaMelo Ball was running away with it. It's also like um, it's also helped him that Tyrese Halliburton has been kind of in and out of the lineup due to injury. Yeah, true, and yeah. and he's also like coming off the bench, which is kind of yes. like hindering him as that's, well. That's a very good. Point. Yeah, and yeah, I mean James Wiseman looked like he had a good chance at early in the season, but then he got hurt and got moved to the bench. And Lamelo Ball is just um, growing into his role, has made the Hornets watchable, and I think that's the biggest thing with Lamelo Agreed. Ball. I mean, the Hornets Agreed. have not been watchable these last few years, and now like people like a lot of. Even even myself, I, I find myself watching a lot of Hornets games, and I'm enjoying them. Having you know Gordon Hayward playing the way he's playing, cool mellow ball. Yeah, um, they're fun to watch, especially yeah. at night, like after midnight. They've I've been hearing this, you no, know, the the after midnight uh, Hornets or something like that, because they've been winning games coming back on the West Coast after midnight. So it's, it's been <laughs> got, fun to watch. Yeah, you got Lamelo Ball, Scary Terry Rozier. There, you got oh, Gordon. That's Hayward. our guy, man. Man, exactly. I don't know why the Celtics let that guy go. I, I really don't. I know that's not the topic that we're talking about, but still, <laughs> yeah, my goodness, he can ball. Yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic this year as yeah. well. Yeah, but Lamelo Ball is running away with this. Yeah, um, shout sure. out to shout out to Terry Salaberry and Manuel quickly. They're both yeah. um, playing good this season, but it's yeah, it's Lamelo's to lose at this point. Now this is what's going to be kind of interesting. Defensive Player of the Year. Um, it's really it's it's very subjective it's really depending on the person and like what they consider to be like important in terms of this award yeah but i'm excited to see what you guys have to say let's go with mark over here mark who do you have winning defensive player of the year oh me? i have oh, no, no me, mark, me, mark. me okay i'm gonna go with rudy gobert rudy gobert. but you know he's averaging 13 13 rebounds per game almost three blocks per game uh, Miles Turner is a close second for me. If Anthony Davis was still playing and not hurt right now, I think he'd be second for me right now. But the only thing that I have against Rudy Gobert is that, th- yeah, his numbers are great, uh, aesthetically pleasing in terms of like the eye test. But you look at some of the guys he's gone up against and they've, what they've put up against him, and Bede's put up 40 points, 19 rebounds against him last night. Vucevic had 34. Adebayo had 19 and 11. Brooke Lopez had 23 points against him. Jokic has had 47 and 35 against him. So it's it's not like he's stopping them from scoring, right? But yeah. uh, I think he's just aesthetically pleasing in terms of the, the numbers and the stats. Stats don't lie in, in, in general as, as speaking. So I got to go with Rudy Gobert right now as my uh, defensive player of the year right now. Nice. Marco, who you got? I've been going back and forth on this, to be honest with you, even before this podcast, because my pick was, I think my preseason pick was Rudy Gobert. Two weeks ago, my my pick was Rudy Gobert. And as of a couple of days ago, I've been, you know, looking at this and I think it's Miles Turner. I I think it's Miles Turner, but by a slight margin. And the reason I'm going with Miles Turner is something that you actually, you just brought up right now, Mark. Um, you know, other guys are putting up, you know, big numbers against Gobert. Now he's going up against elite guys, and I completely get yeah. that. But so is Miles Turner based on his position. And the one number that stood out to me is that Miles Turner is holding his opponents in the same position about six to seven percent 
be, you know, below the actual average shooting percentage. Yeah. So to me, that's actually key because so if you're scoring, you know, if you're a 25, you know, point a game guy, you're scoring against Miles Turner, you're about six and six, seven percent less. To me, that's yeah. that could be the difference in the game right there. Yeah. Right. That's 25 points or 22 or 21, whatever the case is. So to me, it's Miles Turner. Um, and he's always been very good defensively, but he's now taking the next step. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if even if he doesn't win this year, that he has a couple of uh, defensive player of the year awards in his back pocket for the for a few years to come. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you guys there. There's for me, this is a three man race. Miles Turner, Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert. I ended up going with Gobert, and that's mostly because of the slide that the Pacers have been taking these last two weeks. Um, I know Turner has been in and out the lineup, but they've kind of slipped into standings a little bit. Um, Rudy Gobert is still leading this Utah Jazz team, a top yeah. three defense, top three defense in the NBA. Sure. And I think f- for respect purposes, people like game plan for Gobert whenever he's in the paint as well. I think he's like one, just one of those guys that um, teams have to look at, especially on the defensive end. Like they have to like really pay attention to. So I got to go Rudy Gobert. If Miles Turner had honestly like a, f- like four or five more wins and like a few less losses, he would definitely be like a lot closer, but yeah, I got to go with Rudy Gobert here, but you you guys make good points. You guys make definitely good points here. Now we're going to go with the big dog. <laughs> we're going to go with the big time award here. Um, There's some candidates here. There's a lot of people to choose from, but who you guys got winning MVP? Let's start with Marco. This one's, this one's ugly um, because you can make an argument for every single guy that yeah. you can put out there. Exactly. You can, you can argue for Luca. You can argue for Steph, who's having a really, really solid season. You can argue with LeBron, but maybe you can argue against it over the last couple of weeks, yeah. minus Anthony Davis, right? Because that's the opposite of MVP, right? You're mm-hmm. supposed to elevate your players, but my soul is going to hurt. It's Joel Embiid right now. Yeah. It was between him and Jokic. I'm not going to lie to you, but. I think that Embiid is playing elite basketball. It doesn't, don't get me wrong. I don't think Joel Embiid is the best basketball player in basketball in the NBA, which is sort of counterproductive to what I'm trying to say and, I, and, and contradicting. But right now, I mean, you can go ahead and make the argument against Joel Embiid, but right now he is putting up MVP caliber numbers exactly. and performances, regardless of what you think of the guy. It is what it is. Joel Embiid is your MVP right now. Let's have this conversation later. Yeah. Mark, who do you got? Yeah, uh, I got to go with Joel Embiid too. Uh, I mean, maybe a couple weeks ago, I would have picked LeBron James, but they've they've been on a little bit of a slide. But right now I'm going Joel Embiid. I mean, he's having the best season of his career. Best field goal percentage. He's shooting almost what? I think 44% from the field or 41% from three-point line, which is his best in in his career. Right, he's also getting uh, one, one, one steal, one block a game. Uh, he's had, I think, if I remember correctly, three forty-point games in the last seven. Right, Ooh. he's, he's just showing been, the stats, man. Right, he's yeah. just been he's just been consistent all season long. Yes. It's yeah. been uh, it's been a consistent sign that and that we we haven't seen with Joel Embiid throughout his career is the consistency. Correct. This season, it's on another level. It's just. He's, he's taking it for me, and that's who I got to go with. I got to go with Joel Embiid. Yeah. I And Marco made it right there. I mean, dude, you can make an argument for like six, seven guys here, which is insane because this isn't really the case in terms of MVP. But it came down for me, Jokic and Embiid, man, especially mm. this, this last two weeks. 
Give like, it to me, big guy. What is it? <laughs> oh man, it's tough. It's tough, and I. I got to go and beat. Um, I'm sorry. Oh. I, I, I got to go and beat. Oh. I just, Jokic, man. I mean, he's been doing good. He's been doing absolutely fantastic. His team is kind of Jamal Murray has been up and down this season. He's been doing him kind of a disservice, but man, Joel Embiid has been an absolute um, rock for this team. And it's finally something we've been waiting on for him. We've been waiting for him to be his, this like dominant self that we, the process, right? The process we've been waiting for this. And Doc, whether it's Doc Rivers, whether it's just himself, like finally understanding what he needs to do, he's taking less threes, he's becoming more efficient at it, and he's just doing like everything for this team. And it's it's yeah. been absolutely a joy to watch. Almost thirty points a game, which is insane, especially for a center. I mean, if you watched yesterday's game to tie the game against the Utah Jazz, he did a step back three on Boyan yeah. Bogdanovich, which was which was insane. And he has taken that jump. He's been absolutely insane. I had to go with Joel Embiid as well. For the people um, watching at home, let us know down below who you guys got for these awards, man. I mean, it's been, it, especially for the MVP award, it's, it's, I could see a lot of people going a lot of different ways here. But especially at the midseason way, it's definitely something to look at. But yeah, I think this is where we're going to end today's episode. Thank you guys for watching. I'm going to leave the floor to you guys. Um, if you have anything else going on in your podcast later down the line, I'll give you the floor right now. What do you guys got going on in the future? Let me let me lead off and then I'll let uh, Mark close yeah. off. Uh, first of all, thank you for having us. This is great, great time. It was it was yeah. fun to talk ball. Uh, and so hopefully we can do it again. If you guys enjoy yeah. it, like follow my guy here and, and follow us as well. Like, and I mean, at the end of the day, we're all talking ball. So we have a lot of fun. So yeah, uh, this second half of the season, I think we're really looking forward to talking more about it. I think it's going to be one of the if last year was wild in the bubble, I think this year's finish is going to be crazy. I think something out of that we haven't seen before is going to happen. And I think that based on how close everybody is, there's going to be some crazy movements, some buyouts, some trades that something there's somebody that's going to do something so weird that you're going to go, whoa. Yeah. Right. There's going to be an obvious thing and it's going to be something that's just going to knock your socks off. So let's keep on talking about it. Support basketball. Uh, it, it's a great sport. And, and again, thank you for having us, man. Yeah. Mark. Yeah, just quickly, uh, we're going to have an NCAA March Madness preview coming up um, after Selection Sunday. There's going to be a lot of stuff going down the stretch here. It, it's going to be uh, impactful. March Madness is around the corner, so there's going to be a lot of lot to talk about on our Instagram. You're going to see that, Twitter, TikTok, all that stuff. So just give us a follow. Um, we'll have we'll have uh, you on as well on our podcast. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll, we're will we going to reach out and get some other interviews on our podcast as well. But, um, yeah, so we're, we're looking forward to the next half of the season. Yeah. Stephen A. Smith, call me, man. We got some yeah. shit to talk about. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to have these guys back on in the future. I'm going to have all their links in my link tree in the, in the description of this video so you can go check them out. I'll also tag them in the post on Instagram so you can definitely check out their Instagram. Again, thank you guys for coming on. This is where we're going to end today's episode. Remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Support the pod on YouTube and on any of the podcast networks. And yeah, continue to show your support. We really do appreciate you guys. And we're going to go into this for the second half of the season. Excited. But yeah, this is where we're going to end things. Thank you guys for watching. Hope you all have a blessed day. Take it easy, guys. Peace. Take care, man.